Star Off the Page presents Turning on the Heat by Deborah Wade. On lights up. In the dark, we hear a pounding noise. Lights up on Natalie, who is sitting outside a closet in her living room, wearing a winter coat. The pounding stops, and Natalie looks hopefully at the closet door. The pounding starts again, stops, and Vincent, dressed in a uniform from the power company, emerges from the closet. Whew, that's a big heater. Is it fixed, Vincent? I'm freezing. It's complicated. Offstage, we hear a distant boom and a low, muffled chanting. Natalie runs to the window and looks out. Vincent follows her. I smell smoke. It's the bonfire from the Autumn Bliss Festival. (sighs) I'm missing the whole thing. It's a dangerous custom. It's my favorite time of year. I'm dying for a sticky loose surprise. Why don't you go? You don't need to stay. Well, Vincent, I don't have any hot water, and I really just enjoy bathing before I go out in public. Oh, right. He takes an inhaler out of his pocket and inhales deeply on it. (gasps) Oh, you still have asthma? What? Oh, no, I've never had it. This isn't really an inhaler, it's just the plastic case. It's It's a nervous habit. I always thought people who used these were cool, you know? Um, not really. Are you nervous? No. Why aren't you going to the Autumn Bliss Festival with Mike Makeley? He takes another puff from the inhaler. (gasps) Who told you I was going out with Mike Makeley? Rodney. Leavener from the chess club? He works at the power company, too. Well, how nice of him to keep you informed. Mike Makeley and I broke up. That's too bad. I guess. I'd still go to the festival, except... Makes an impatient motion towards the heater. Vincent takes another hit off his inhaler and walks over to his toolbox. I'm surprised you still live around here. I thought you were going to join the CIA or something. Vincent picks up a wrench. Power company needed me more. Hmm. He steps into the closet. There is more banging. So, you never had asthma. Is that why you wore those rubber gloves all through the seventh grade? Vincent steps out to his toolbox. I think it needs a screwdriver. What did you ask me? Did you wear those rubber gloves because you thought that people who wore them were sort of cool? Those gloves? How did you know I wore gloves? They were flesh-colored. I just noticed things. They were sort of a safeguard against electrocution. Vincent steps back into the closet. There is more hammering. In the fourth grade, what was that thing you did? You stood by your gate every day with your hand over your heart. I thought you were doing the Pledge of Allegiance. Do you remember? Vincent steps back out, puts the screwdriver in the toolbox. Steps back out, puts the screwdriver in the toolbox, and picks up a saw. Vaguely. I was testing my heartbeat. That was my checkpoint. It was after our dog, Peanut, died. Your checkpoint for what? To see if I was still alive. I had just discovered that when your heart stops beating, you die. Peanut... I guess your dad felt bad about backing over him with the car. Maybe. He bought us a snake. I named him Larry. It wasn't the same. He goes back to the furnace. What was the thing with the poisoning? You thought you had been poisoned or something? A lot of work here. It's not like I used to spy on you. We were neighbors. He steps out of the closet, puts the saw away, and digs around in his toolbox. I guess we grew apart after the first grade. Yeah, I guess. Didn't you have some sort of a tinfoil hat that you wore everywhere but 
It was a radiation protection helmet. Huh. Amazing. You have overcome a lot to end up working for the power company. You mean because you always saw me as a coward? Well... You can say it. No, I saw you as a very cautious person who didn't like sports. What? I was on the debate team. God, it's cold. Did you know that I asked to be assigned to fix your heater? Oh, yeah. I always liked you, but... (sighs) You got a little stuck up back in high school. Me? You're the one who acted as though you were so much smarter than everybody else. She takes out a pack of cigarettes, puts one in her mouth. She doesn't light it, but takes a deep drag. I see you still pretend to smoke. Yeah? Well, I see you still have asthma. I get it, Natalie. After all these years, you haven't forgiven me because of the Billy Beller curse, have you? Oh! Oh, Oh, you're going to bring that up? Billy Beller has nothing to do with it. It was you who stood me up. I waited for over an hour by those woods. I panicked. I never really explained. Explained what? That you believed a story invented by our parents to scare us from going into the woods? A story? A story? It was real. Little Billy Beller ran away right as the sun was setting. He was found strangled under the ginkgo tree. But it was you who proved to me that the curse was real. Me? Yes. After you and Ethan Smig went into the woods that day... I went into the woods with Ethan Smig because you stood me up. Nothing bad happened. The curse is a myth. Oh, really? Then why did you mysteriously get kicked out of course after that day? I quit. Your hair fell out. I got a haircut. Your grandfather died. He was 97. You stop speaking to me. Natalie crosses her arms and looks away. There were other things, too. I remember lying awake at night in the basement bedroom, listening to Billy Beller rattle the rusty doorknob. Then he would scratch on the window. Your bedroom was in the basement? Sometimes. One morning, just before dawn, I heard a voice calling my name. There he was, standing on the edge of the woods, waving at me. Then he turned around and disappeared into the trees. I saw him, too. I was twelve. Same place. The clearing before the trees. It looked like he was eating a sandwich. You never told me. Weren't you scared? I was sad. He seemed hungry. It was just a childhood imagining. I've let it go. Well, then, today is the day. At twilight, I'm going to the woods, to the ginkgo tree. I will prove to you that I am not a coward. You don't have to prove anything to me. Unless you want to prove that you can fix my heater. My therapist says, confront your fears. Then I can let go of death and get on with life. My therapist says, let yourself live or you'll never love. You see the therapist? Intimacy issues. (laughs) Minor phantom ailments. They share an awkward moment of silence. How long does it take to light the pilot light? The what? The pilot light. Vincent looks blankly at her. That's why I called. It's an old system. It's complicated. It's not broken? I just thought you had a different technique. Yeah, well, uh, it's a damn big heater. He digs around in the tool chest and pulls out a box of matches. He steps back into the furnace closet. Be careful. There is a low rumble, some pounding, and then Vincent emerges. His shirt is twisted and there is soot on his face. Vincent? It was the pilot light. 
done now. I am not afraid anymore. You're going to the ginkgo tree? No. I'm going to the Autumn Bliss Festival. Will you... Will you let me buy you a sticky leaf surprise, Natalie? She takes out another cigarette, puts it in her mouth, doesn't light it, inhales deeply, and looks at him. Yeah, Vincent. I'll let you buy me a sticky leaf. You fixed my heater, didn't you? Lights down. You've been listening to Dan Wilson, Janice Sobel, and Christopher DeYoung in Turning on the Heat, written and directed by Deborah Wade, themed by Steve Kahn. Radio Star Off the Page is a Cassandra's Call production. 